Swamiji, how would you describe the future of religion? I think that we're coming out of an age, as I have mentioned several times, an age of darkness, when people think that matter is the reality and a permanent reality, that matter can be neither be destroyed nor created, but it can be converted into energy. This people didn't know in the time of Newton and so on. And religion had that same kind of delusion that we are separate from God. Our bodies and our egos and everything is a permanent reality. But when you understand that everything is He, then you cannot be a separate reality from Him. Your belief that you are separate is a delusion. And so religion must finally come to the point of realizing that everything came from God, everything must go back to God. This has to be, this is in India, it's called the Sanatan Dharma, as opposed to the usual deity worship and so on. And that has to be the same religion in the most distant galaxy in the universe. Everything came from God, everything must go back to God. And so the definition of that is self-realization, to realize that you are the infinite self. This is the goal of life. So it has to be the religion. If you call it Islam or Hinduism or Christianity, those are just names. Finally, anyone who finds the truth has to understand that. Islam does not teach that truth, however. That makes it a little less in, in its expression of the truth. It speaks of the Infinite is being finally just a separate being still. Jesus taught that highest truth. The highest religions all teach that highest truth. They can't do otherwise. Swamiji, it seems that science, the progress of science has been sort of undermining religion. Is that trend going to continue? I think that it's also helped religion. Science has helped, well, it's helped true religion as opposed to false religion. It's helped us to understand that matter is not real. Therefore, everything that we think of is really only an illusion. So science, in this sense, is helping us. However, science takes us outside ourselves, and it's only inside that we can understand what it's all about. So it's like a sheet of ice on a lake. If the ice is very thick, it would take a great deal of power to break through it outwardly. But if you drill at a single center, then you can go through easily, and that center is you. Science is working on breaking the ice. If you can understand your own self and your source, where you came from, then you go through that ice and merge in the ocean underneath or the lake underneath. So religion understood is truer than science. Not understood, it's... It's still, well, you know, we have the clues. For example, it was evident from what the world tells us that the world is round. I stood outside my home recently and watched the sun going, go down. And suddenly I saw that it wasn't the sun going down, it was the earth turning up and covering the sun. People could see ships at sea. And they weren't, didn't begin as a little, little speck in the distance growing gradually bigger. 
they would come up first, you'd see the mast, then you'd see the whole ship. And so they had the, the hints that this is really around Earth, but still their perception didn't see that. So we don't have the perception to see certain realities around us. Um, for example, here's one, that uh, everything, when it, when it becomes hotter, expands. When it becomes colder, it contracts. This is the nature, isn't it? If that were true of water, you couldn't have life on this planet as we know it. Because the oceans, the ice would gradually fill from the bottom, contracting, it would sink. But ice floats because it expands. I call this a miracle. God going against his own law in order to produce a world that will function. I think that there are many miracles in this world, but we don't have the eyes to see them. That's why Jesus used to say, who has eyes to see, let him see. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. And there are hints of God's presence all around us. But if your eyes are closed, if your ears are dull, if your mind is stupid, <laughs> you won't see. Swamiji, can science be a path to uh, understanding spiritual truth? It can only be if you understand that you will under, only see yoga as a science too. Science in that sense is to find out if a thing is true or not. I began when I was a young boy of 13. I didn't want God because I didn't think I didn't think the church was giving me what was worthwhile. I didn't want that kind of God. And I wanted truth. And so I was seeking truth in other ways and I began with science and I wanted to become an astronomer and I was fascinated with the greatness of the universe and so on. And then gradually it occurred to me that it really does not matter to me personally whether there is only one galaxy or a hundred billion galaxies. And so I decided the truth I'm seeking has to be something that will affect me. And what will affect me? Inspiration. I must find happiness in what I'm looking for. Therefore, what will find give me happiness? So then my search for truth, I began to think maybe some political system will make me happy. And I thought of communism and other isms. And uh, that was when I began first to think in terms of creating a community. And I was determined to start a community. I thought a community would be a, an example to the rest of the human race. People seeing people living together at close quarters in harmony. And I was quite serious about it. My friends got interested until they found I was serious and they, they lost interest. But later I met, when I met Yogananda, I found that he too felt, felt that that was a very necessary solution. And so I vowed to start it. And I have started nine communities so far in the world. But uh, still, that was not the final solution. I found that systems aren't going to create happiness. Happiness can create a good system. A good system cannot create harmony. And so I thought maybe the arts will uplift people and I became seriously interested in music and painting and the different arts and I went into them 
deeply enough to want to become a poet and a playwright. And um, I gradually came to understand that that too, look at, I wanted to be a playwright. I thought even the best playwright like Shakespeare, he hasn't really changed the world. He's helped to refine it somewhat, but very little. And so I thought every path that I took, I saw it was a dead end. And I, there has to be a God. And if there is a God, then what must he be? And so I reached the point of understanding that he has to be consciousness. And I have to be a part of that consciousness to ask this question. My, I, my mind cannot be just programmed like a robot. You can't program a robot to ask that kind of question. And so I realized that that is the goal of life and has to be the goal of life. And so I decided to dedicate my life to seeking God. But all of that was a scientific search. But as long as your search is outward, then you're not going to find it. You have to reach that point of integrity in yourself where you understand that finding the facts of the universe isn't going to give you inspiration or the truth that you're looking for. If you have that understanding, then the scientific search will take you toward truth. Yoga is the science of the spiritual path. And as I have said before, yoga is like cooperating with grace, understanding that certain things make you more uplifted and certain things make you more downcast and depressed. We actually have those words to indicate these directions. There are three philosophies in India that relate to um, truth. One is known as Shankya. Shankya philosophy is basically um, showing you that this world will not give you what you're looking for. This is the essence of Shankya. And uh, then comes the question, how do I get out of this? And so the Yoga Sutra, Yoga Scripture in India, the Patanjali, it begins with the words, now we come to the subject of yoga. That now indicates, suggests a prior course of study. You've reached the point where you know you've got to get out of this delusion. Then how do you do it? Yoga teaches you how. It teaches the link between consciousness and breath. It teaches you that when you've overcome the breath, then you're calm enough to be able to perceive perfectly. It teaches you about the inner light. It teaches you about directing your energy upward. It teaches you about how certain attitudes and actions help to raise your consciousness instead of lowering it. And in many ways, it gives you the how-to. This is the science of the spiritual path. And it's not just something they do in India. It is something universal to mankind. Patanjali's path is the path everybody has to follow if they want to know God, whatever their outward beliefs. And then comes the Vedanta philosophy, which explains what you find when you get there. Because without knowing where you're going, it's harder. So those who have found it, tell us what it's all about, and it gives us more faith to keep trying. Swamiji, do you... Do you find that there are such people who have found that goal in the West, for example? They exist. 
it's harder here because they don't hold that up as a as a goal. But there are such saints. Padre Pio in Italy was an example. Teresa Neumann was an example. Those are in our times. Saint Francis was a Yogananda used to call him his patron saint. But there have been people who have known God in the West. But you know, they're not encouraged. For example, Meister Eckhart, he used to say, I move my hand and Christ moves, who is my hand. The Catholic Church excommunicated him. And fortunately for him, he died before the excommunication notice could reach him. But uh, they persecute the saints but then they claim credit for them afterwards. Well, they, can, they deserve credit for the fact that by persecuting they have to make them saints. But now the West has produced saints, but often in spite of the church.